Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. During the course of Jesus' ministry, he became a sort of public figure. He was, in a sense, a celebrity. That is, where he went, many eyes followed. Those who like him came to see his miracles and his wonders and to hear his preaching. And those who hated him often came to test him, to watch him, and to find fault in him. In our lesson this morning from the evangelist St. Luke, that is exactly what the lawyers and the Pharisees in our lesson were doing. They sat at table with Jesus during the Sabbath to eat bread. And no doubt, the Pharisees themselves were already suspicious of Jesus by this time. They knew he was no mere man, but they didn't quite understand what to make of him. He seemed, on the one hand, to have power from God, for he performed many miracles, but Yet he acted contrary to how they had expected and how they had interpreted the law. And so during this meal, they sat with him and their eyes were fixed on him, looking to see if he did something that was against their teaching. But during this meal, and remember these were communal meals, it became obvious that there was a man present, whether that was sitting on the side, we don't know, but we know that he probably wasn't sitting at the table. There was a man present who had a condition called dropsy. Now, of course, dropsy is not a modern disease. It's not something that we understand. We don't ever, I don't know anybody I've ever met who said, I have dropsy. So what is it? Well, dropsy, well, really the only thing that we know about dropsy is that it was a condition in which uh, included water. And it, it basically was a condition in which your body retained water. And it looked kind of gross, uh, apparently. And so it had carried with it a, a bit of shame. Uh, perhaps people thought that the person was a glutton and therefore they were... Uh, they were cursed with this disease in which they retained water. And so they were looked down upon. They weren't the person to be invited to the table because in a certain sense, they weren't, uh, they weren't uh, the kind of people you would want sitting at your table, I suppose. So it's possible also that this man, this man with dropsy, was planted in this place by the Pharisees but there's no real way to know uh, whether that's the case. But in either instance, what we do know is that this man with drops, he was in need. He was sick. He needed healing. The merciful thing for the Pharisees, who obviously did not carry an ability to heal illnesses, the kind thing for them to do, the merciful thing for them to do, would be to invite him to their table anyway even though they didn't really want to. But he had dropsy. He was sick. 
They didn't want him at their meal. Remember, of course, like I said before, the Sabbath meal was a communal meal, but it was also a sort of fancy occasion. I mean, it wasn't gold plates and, and all that kind of stuff, but it was definitely not a, uh, you know, sitting in the drive, drive through at McDonald's. It was certainly a significant and a, uh, a, 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 a rather lavish meal. And it would have been appropriate for the Pharisees, of course, to invite this man to give him bread. But they refused. They refused, essentially, to act in love. But instead, they acted according to the law that they were trying to promote. They treated the Sabbath, the Sabbath rest, as a way in which they could justify themselves. It was not an occasion of grace and mercy to those who needed bread. It wasn't a way to remember God in his provision, but rather it was a way in which they could keep this law of, of not working on the Sabbath and, and, and eating their Sabbath meal. And in that way, they have created a way in which they could keep the law and pat themselves on the back. They were keeping the Sabbath rest. Because of this, they were so wrapped up in themselves that they either ignored or did not notice this man who suffered from dropsy. But Jesus, of course, noticed this man. He noticed him, and then he turns and he convicts the Pharisees. This is one of the moments in which Jesus, Jesus is rather bold and rather in the face of it. If you think that Jesus was always nice, this is a good example of a place in which he is not really that nice. He's acting, he is not sinning, but he is not being particularly nice. And he's not being nice for a reason. Jesus boldly asks the Pharisees, is it, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And they kept silent because they knew that they were guilty. And so Jesus answers their question for them with an action. Taking the sick man, he heals him, and then he releases him. And then he turns again to the Pharisees and he says, Which of you, having a son or an ox, that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out. They could not give an answer because Jesus had exposed them. He had exposed their sins. He had shown to them that they were, in fact, hypocrites. You see, the Pharisees interpreted the law of the Sabbath to their own advantage. For them, it existed as a rule to keep in order to merit favor from God. They made it keepable by simplifying it into a series of rules about not working, not uh, essentially not breaking a sweat 
and not acting in the way in which you would, you know, do something that was work. But they would just as easily, of course, break this rule if it threatened their own welfare, if it was their ox, or if this man with dropsy was their son. If it was on their back, if it was going to hurt them, they would just as easily have done this. And that is why they don't answer Jesus. Because they know that the answer they give, if they were to tell the truth, would convict them. But their silence is just as convicting. Jesus does not care about their made-up rules. Jesus doesn't care about anybody's made-up rules. Jesus, rather, goes to the heart of the law. He goes to the heart of what the Sabbath actually is and shows that it is about love and about healing. It's not law, but rather it is gospel. What legalists do is they turn what is gospel into a law. They make a gift a burden. And nothing in our world has really changed. Legalists obviously still exist. And here's one example in which legalism may affect us. For example, if we treat church as an obligation, or rather we treat it as a burden, something that we have to do, something that we have to uh, that we feel is necessary, but we don't really uh, we don't really want to do it. In that way, we commit the same sin. We turn what is a gift from God into a blessing. They, it, it, you turn what is a gift from God and a blessing to come and receive God's gifts into another law to keep, another thing to check off. You commit the same sin as the Pharisees. So in this way, they are legalists. But they are also hypocrites. They are sinners. They are nothing. They are by no means worthy even to sit at the table that they were sitting at, these Pharisees. And they are certainly not more worthy than the man with dropsy. For Jesus came for the sick, for the sinful, for the lost. And this is why Jesus tells them this parable. He turns to them and he tells them this. When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor. Let someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. Now, this parable can be seen in two ways. It is certainly advisory. That is, it certainly is teaching us a practical lesson. 
We are to come to the banquet, to the Sabbath, to church, with the spirit of repentance. We are no more worthy than the other person. You are no more worthy than the other person sitting in the pew next to you. You are all likewise unworthy to receive these gifts. Church is not, of course, a social club or even a group of like-minded people. It is rather a hospital for sinners. The great, gift, the great evil of the Pharisees was that they did not believe they had sin. This place is likewise not for those who believe their sins are no big deal. Sit at the lowest place, which doesn't necessarily mean sit in the back, uh, by the way. <laughs> sit at the lowest place, kneel and confess. Empty yourselves completely, for the Lord will lift you up to your feet by the power of his forgiveness. For he who humbles himself will be exalted, and he who exalts himself will be humbled. And that brings us to the second way to understand this parable. It is also Christological. Now, I used that word last week. I'm using it again to solidify it. That is, it's about who Jesus is and what Jesus does. It's about Jesus, this parable. Jesus came down from heaven. He humbled himself. He made himself man, human flesh and bone. He himself was born of a virgin. He didn't take a crown of gold and silk, but rather a crown of thorns. He did not take a throne of gold, but rather a throne of wood upon the cross. And he did so to exalt you. It's easy to forget this, but Jesus really does love the Pharisees in this passage. After all, he was sitting at table with them. Anyone you sat table with, you, Jesus will sit at table with basically anybody because he came for everybody. He wants them to see their own hypocrisy. He wants these Pharisees to see the Sabbath for what it is and to stop burdening themselves with their own made-up laws. Likewise, he reveals to them and also to us the Sabbath as a gift. We come to this place to be healed. We empty ourselves of our own pride, our own failures to love, our own hatred and contempt of others, and our own self-righteousness. And we do so by confessing our sins and having our ears opened to his instruction. And we are healed by the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. For Jesus died. He shed his blood so that we might have life. He died so that we might be showered by his grace. He died so that we might live and be exalted to the high place at the table and to the eternal Sabbath in heaven. 
As Jesus spoke to the Pharisees to convict them, he likewise also convicts us of our sins. He shows us how we oftentimes exalt ourselves to high places by our own pride, how we may look down on others and we fail to love our neighbors, how we can so easily turn God's gospel into a law and how we can so easily fall into hypocrisy. We complain about our lives and at the same time neglect to show mercy on those who are less fortunate than us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. We are unworthy. But thanks be to God, Jesus came for the unworthy. As Jesus had mercy on the man with dropsy, likewise, he has had mercy on you in your own sinful plight and healed you with the balm of his forgiveness. Thanks be to God. For Christ humbled himself to be born of human flesh and was exalted to the cross to accomplish your redemption. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen.